Is self-love self-centered or self-care? I'm Michael Rett, and this is Authentic Christianity. Good whatever time of day it is to you, everyone. This is Michael Rett. This is episode two of season three of Authentic Christianity. Heads up, we um, are now on Instagram. You can look us up there. You can also find us on Facebook under the same name of the title. And I hope you guys will follow us there. And who knows what's coming up next. I am in the process of, well, idea development of creating a teaser. So prayers are appreciated for that. I want to give a shout out to my friend Abram. Abram Book. Yes, his last name is Book. And he's studying for his PhD. So he will literally be Dr. Book. And that... um, if you had to choose a name for a professor, not the coolest name for a professor I've come across. I came across one time a Dr. Scissors. Yes, Dr. Scissors. Dr. Scissors, could you cut to the chase, please? Wow, that's an awful dad joke. You know, you tell cheesy jokes and you're a dad. It just automatically becomes a bad joke instead of maybe just being a part of your personality. Anyway, so I guess I can get a little serious now. Um, a couple months ago, I was at my chiropractor's, big fan of the chiropractor, and, you know, um, um, with preventative medicine, <clears throat> you know, taking care of yourself, health and wellness. And I was reading through one of those fluff magazines you have at the doctor's office. You know, they got uh, pictures, look what so-and-so is eating or watching or uh, their workouts. And, you know, you're going to have hard rock, you know, whatever. So it was at the end, and it was like cool little fun gadgets to have. And it was a little bit of a throwback to the past. And this one actress, she was younger. I think she was a teenager. I didn't know who she was. Um, she said, get a um, disposable camera, if you all remember those from my generation. And um, probably, mm, I used to get made fun of her buying them <laughs> using them. Because I never wanted to like do the real thing with the film. If you're younger, you probably know what the heck am I talking about. But what this uh, person said, she's like, get a disposable camera and be the star of your own indie film. Because let's face it, you are. And that struck something with me. I was like, huh. I started thinking about our social media use, selfies, how much we share about our lives on social media. And plenty of research has been done. Uh, on social media, we always put forth, or we often put forth, our best, our best selves, or our hoped-for selves. Now, there are people on social media who do discuss their struggles, you know, ask for prayer, um, things like that. And there's a lot of, you know, you know, look at my cute cat kind of stuff too. But what that tells me, either way, is we want to be known. We really want to be known at a deep level, each of us. A deep heart level. And I'm going to discuss today how we can be known, how we don't find that answer in people, although many of us will have many great people in our lives. And how I think there's too much of a focus on self in this sense. And I'm not going to blame social media for that. Um, I think social media plays a role But I don't think we need it. Actually, I know we did not need social media to become more self-centered or selfish. I am also, as I said at the beginning, a big advocate of 
you know, preventative care, holistic care, chiropractic, um, naturopath, um, acupuncture, use them all, you know, physical therapy, eating well. So I'm differentiating here between being self-centered and having self-care because self-care is important to ensure that we're healthy, we're strong, healthy mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, and that we're strong in all those areas and working through all those areas. So I'm gonna make sure I differentiate between those, those two now and we'll discuss them more. So there's this very, very well-known theologian named G.K. Chesterton. I believe he had a very cool beard. He said, and this may have been a paraphrase of what he said, when a man ceases to believe in God, he becomes capable of believing in anything. So much research says people believe in God. We're still a very spiritual people and culture but not necessarily the one true God. We always don't like what Jesus is selling. You know, like, um, was it uh, Ricky Bobby in uh, Talgate uh, Day and Nights? I hope I got that right. Will, Will Farrell said, I love baby Jesus. <clears throat> and I love baby Jesus too. Um, we don't always like the things that Jesus has for us though, because it involves a lot of self-denial self-sacrifice. And that's an area I've been so very much challenged on. Um, for much of my life, actually, more recently, though, of course, being a dad, you really have no choice. Your kid's upset or crying or awake. You kind of need to get up and take care of them. And if you're blessed to have a, a spouse who's sharing that with you, you know, it's her night, it's my night, whatever. And I have a really good kid. Um, I'm happy for that. So, um, <clears throat> again, self-care, um, self-love isn't inherently selfish, I don't think. It, but it can be taken too far when it's all about me getting mine. And I understand some of that because, you know, we're in a, we are in a very selfish world. We're in a fallen world. So people are going to be looking out for number one because so many of us have been burned. And I think that's, that's one reason why I've been, I'm, I have a selfish bent is because I've been burned so much in my life. You know, I grew up in chaos, you know, all these people are supposed to love you and care for you. And they're, they're really not. So you're like, you know, I just gotta, I gotta keep everyone at arm's length and do what I gotta do because I don't trust people. And there's been many, many people who had it much, much worse than I did. You know, I still had a roof over my head and food and clean water. Um, but at the same time, I don't dismiss my struggles and neither should you. So let me read from Second Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 3. It says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, slanderers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, hold on, a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such people as these. 
Okay. Let me just stop right there. So that is, let me see how many adjectives. It starts with lovers of self. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I guess nineteen. Man, they couldn't get an even twenty. Maybe the Greek, different in the Greek. Shall I read through some of these again? Lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, slanderers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, though they've denied its power. Um, and it says to avoid people such as these. That's a lot of people. <laughs> it's like avoiding every single person you meet. Oh my goodness. That's wow. <laughs> you have to ask the question now. It says in the last days, when are the last days? I think we've been in the last days since Christ, since Christ went up to the cross Everyone's like, well, this when's, when's God coming back? You know, and there's been many people who have said God's coming back at this time. Obviously, they've all been wrong. Or Jesus is coming back, of course. Um, and they've fooled many. So selfishness is not limited to today or today's generations. And I would like to speak a little bit about um, generations um, and talk a little bit about depression and anxiety. I am the kind of person I don't, I've always hated, you know, growing up when people talked about my generation is better than yours, or we did this in my generation and your generation, blah, blah, blah. Every generation has a problem. You know, people harken back to the greatness of the fifties and there were some cool things in the fifties, you know, we still, you know, black people couldn't sit at counters in restaurants. I mean, come on in, in some, in the South, you know? Um, so come on when people talk about how great things were back, back when, you know, much better things get have generally gotten better and better, of course, and that's because we live in a free country. Okay, so generationally speaking, the baby boomers, and some of you may not like generational um, labels, but this is what we're going with. And this is from Gallup. So the baby boomers, also known as flower children, I don't think it's completely fair because it's not like they're all hippies, but generally born between 46 and 64. So they're between ages 51 and 70. So they grew up making phone calls and writing letters. If you really want to show someone you like really care, write them a letter. Solidifying strong interpersonal skills. It is fair to say the younger generations lack uh, strong interpersonal skills. Um, yet as they got older, they actually became fluent in technology. They use cell phones and tablets, but they use them as productivity as opposed to connectivity. Um, and they're all about nine to five jobs in the American dream. Okay, Generation X. Um, they don't talk about Generation Y in here. There's a small Generation Y in between, like 79 starts around, but let's forget about that. So Generation X is 65 to 1980, so that's me. About thirty, about age 35 to 50. They're also called the Lost Generation. I don't know what I've lost or where I've been lost, but someone, please find me. Oh, wait, Jesus already found me. Bad. Is that a dad joke? Um definitely apathy, <laughs> a lot of apathy. And I don't even need Gallup to tell me that because I know how I grew up. I just think of the early grunge music from the, in the nineties, the early nineties, but also known as latchkey kids. There's a lot of parents were divorced, spent time in daycare. And uh, I remember growing up, my, my parents were together, but I knew plenty of kids that parents were not together. Um, the first generation to value work life balance, possibly in responding to their parents' 
you know, broken homes and whatnot. Then there's the millennials, um, 80 to like 96. Um, also called narcissistic tech gurus. Now we're going to get into what I was talking about with the selfishness and social media or the me, me, me generation because they want it all. Um, maybe, I don't know. So they're known as confident, entitled and depressed. And they grew up in terrorism and mass shootings were more common or at least more publicized. There's also Gen Z, um, which is 96 to 2010. And they're actually the biggest population right now. They're 27% of the population. So that's huge. Um, but actually, it's, it's weird that I'm reading that now because I was told that there's less students in college now because of the generate, there's less parents had less kids. So maybe that's a little bit different than what they're saying. They also grew up a hundred percent digital. Okay. So now that I've given you a rundown of four different generations of people, the boomers X and millennials, those are the three we're going to talk about though. Depression about one in seven baby boomers is depressed. That's 14%. About one in 10 Gen Xers is depressed. 11%. That's actually the national average. Only 7% of millennials said that they're depressed. And 9% of the traditionals, that's prior to the boomers, that would be like the silent generation, like over age 70. So according to this, and this was from um, either Gallup or Pew Research, the boomers are the highest. And there could be many, many reasons for that. You know, maybe they're older Friends have passed away. Maybe they can't do as much. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Well, I'm speculating a little bit. Now, also according to Pew Research in 2017, and I'm sorry to overburden you with stats, but it's important to get some of this stuff out there. 13% of U.S. teens said they experienced at least one major depressive episode in the last year. This is in 2017. So 13% of teens, 12 to 17 said they experienced one major depressive episode. That's up from 8%. And most of them are girls. It's like double girls. It's like 20% to 7%. Okay. Is it for a lack of self-love? That's what we hear a lot about. Self-love, love yourself. We're teaching you to love yourself. Maybe people are loving something. Maybe they're, they're loving something that, or they don't like themselves. So they're saying, why should I love something I don't like? Could be in there. If you look at Maslow, so Maslow in the 40s, he's a, psychologist, socio, psycho kind of guy. Um, He said, certain needs in our lives need to be met before we move on to other needs. So there's basic needs. This, this will make sense to you. You know, we need to, we need survival needs. We need food. We need water. We need warmth, shelter. We need to feel safe. Those are like our basic needs. We have to have those first. And then we have psychological needs, um, belonging. You know, we want friendships. We want love. Um, we want feelings of accomplishment. That's esteem. And then we have to meet those. 
Then at the top of the pyramid, we get to self-actualization, fulfilling, finding, fulfilling, realizing our potential. And that includes a lot of creativity. So one of my favorite quotes of all time is from John Adams, the second president of the United States. He said, and I, I may be paraphrasing a little bit, he had to study the he had to study um, war and politics so that his children could study architecture and science so that their children could study the arts and creativity. So you get the idea certain things need to be met before you can move on to other things. And and if you know me, you know I'm huge on the arts and creativity. So, so important. God is a creative God. Anything you look that's created, you could probably see God in it somehow. Sometimes it's twisted. So as we get to these self-fulfillment needs, if you're fulfilling yourself outside of Christ, you might be seeing something. You might not be getting true fulfillment or what happens if you don't meet some of your esteem needs and you're saying, love yourself, but I hate myself. Love what I hate. Suicide is very high. I'm sorry. I don't have statistics. It's just something I, I listened to recently. Um, among teenage girls, it's higher, actually even higher within like the trans community. I don't know completely the LGBT community. I know it used to be, I'm going to assume it probably still is. There's a lot of self-loathing in that community from what I've read. So, when you talk about self-love, some of these things, and some of these things are very positive. Like you're going to read these. I'm going to read them to you. And th these are very good things. Like saying positive things for yourself, forgiving yourself, being assertive. I actually agree with being assertive. You know, don't let others take advantage of you. Prioritizing your health and well-being. Spending time around people who support you and build you up. Avoiding people who, who are like triggers for you. Like these are all really good things. Recognizing your strengths, valuing your feelings. Living to your values, challenging yourself, giving yourself healthy treats, accepting your imperfections, have realistic expectations, notice your progress and effort. These are all positive, positive things and anything in here. So this is not what I'm talking about. This is these ideas of self-love, forgiving yourself, you know, prioritizing your health and well-being, realizing your strengths, keeping crazy makers out of your life. Um challenging yourself too. Of course, these are, because you don't want to be, I love myself, but I'm like, you, you also want to push yourself. That's love too. You know, and the Bible's full, you know, it'll say like, you know, a man works hard and to something of value. And, and, and those are positive things too. So that's positive self-love. But sometimes I think it'd be when it's so much on self in the sense of like, look at every little thing I'm do doing. I'm going to take a picture of me doing whatever, like, you know, there's somebody, an acquaintance on my Instagram and every other day it's a picture of her at the gym in the same pose. And it's kind of like, okay, we get what you're doing. Is this a little too much self-flagellation, aggrandizement, one of those kind of words. But take a notice here. If you go back to what I wrote or what I said about Timothy in the beginning where it says they, they had a form of godliness but not the power of God. So if you look at this one example that I said, um, well, forgiving yourself when you mess up because God forgives us. That's God in there. Accepting, here's the other, here's the, the one I really want to point out. Accepting your imperfections. 
Maybe that's one of the key ones that we're missing where people who are depressed because they don't accept their imperfections, where you can look in the mirror and say, God loves me just as I am because he does. God, you know, God doesn't say, go to Jesus once you got all these things figured out. No, just go to him. Just go to Jesus because he's the author and perfecter of our faith. So he will perfect you in that sense. And in, in a way, it's he'll perfect you to accept that you're not perfect because none of us is. You know, we all recognize our own and see our imperfections more than anybody else. But when you're looking, you're like, oh, look at her, her, or look at him. He's because everyone's putting forth their best self on social media. And deep down, you're like, oh, well, my best self sucks. I'm going to go, you know, eat some more. I'm going to go cut myself. I'm going to go change my gender. or God forbid, I'm going to go kill myself. You may say I'm making a big leap and perhaps in this, but maybe that's where some people go. And I know what it's like to not want to live. I've been at points in my life where I've said, I just don't want to live anymore. Now, I never made a plan. I wouldn't say I was ever suicidal. But being in that deep depression, I know what that feels like. It's awful. That kind of pain, heart pain, it's worse than any physical pain. And I had so I've had shoulder surgery and I've been through chemotherapy. Part of me feeling that way was a result of some of the chemo and some of the medication I was on too. But even beyond that, I, I felt that. And I sympathize and empathize with anyone who has felt that way or still feels that way. You are valued because you're created in the image of God. You have so much value because of that. Because God loves you just as you are. That's a realistic expectation. That's understanding real self-love because it's God's love. Let me read for you. 1 John 4. Starting in verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. So it's also talking about loving other people, which you don't always, you get some of on, on media, and then you get some of, you know, well, you're an idiot on social media for, the, for writing the, the, the dumbest thing, for writing your opinion, and people want to tear you down. It's awful. Um, so it says, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. That's how we know what love is. And that's a pure love. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Please don't misinterpret what I mean by love here. This is not sexual love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is how we live, live a full life a fullness of realizing your potential and passions because God puts passions into you. The things you're passionate about, almost always speaking, are from God. Verse 10, this is love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us, sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So it talked about in self-love, forgiving yourself, 
you can forgive yourself if you accept God's forgiveness because God will forgive you if you accept that gift. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Complete. So you want to know a true spirituality? God will live in you if you accept Christ and love one another because of Christ, because of that love that Christ put on the cross. Verse 13, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. You accept Christ, you get the spirit of God inside you. In our scientific age, we might think that sounds very silly, but I don't think we're that scientific. For, because you look at the stories that we love, you look at the Infinity War and the Avengers, the power that comes on people, that just kind of comes on people because of some cosmo, cosmos. These stories resonate because we know there are things that cannot just be explained away. And God's spirit is one of those things. So let me read that again. This is how we live in him, live in God, and God in us. He, God, has given us his spirit. That spirit comes when you accept Christ's sacrifice. I'm going to stop there in that verse. So when we become our own God, which could be taken that far if we take self-love to a self-centered way, we become our own God, our own decision maker. And obviously we have to make decisions in life. God just doesn't, we have a role to play in our lives. But when it's all about us, we become our own God and we're not good at that. We're not. Look at all the bad decisions we've made in our lives all the screw-ups, all the hurt feelings, all the brokenness. But when it comes about God's love for us through Christ and we get his spirit, that spirit guides us to true self-actualization, true fulfillment, and wholeness. Life doesn't end. Life just doesn't become easy, of course but we're able to move forward in faith and in truth and in completeness. Thank you all for joining me today. Thank you all for joining me for this episode of Authentic Christianity. Please hit me up on Instagram and Facebook. All the best. Bye.